Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. I'm so happy that you're joining us this week. As you listen to the show, I really, really understand that sometimes that word sales throws us into this tailspin of, oh my God, am I being too pushy? Am I overstepping all of these things? So to help you navigate from the communication perspective, perspective of sales. I have a free gift for you, which is my communication style assessment. The link is in the show notes for you. You'll get two reports. One will spotlight just your natural superpowers of how you show up, or more importantly, how people perceive how you're communicating or receiving your message. Flip side, your lowest score typically is a blind spot. You'll get a report spotlighting that. And again, just to raise your awareness that you may potentially have a blind spot as you're communicating with prospects, clients, whoever it might be. Again, that link is in the show notes. Now, my motivational quote today is by Tiffany Bova. And Tiffany says, how you sell matters, what your product Processes matters, but how your customers feel when they engage with you matters even more. Now, 40 years, one thing has stayed absolutely the same in relation to what I call solid sales skills. And that is it's all about the relationship and our ability to engage and service the client in, and this is the key word, in a customized loving way. And yep, I use the word love and sales together. And those of you that know me actually personally, you know that I live and breathe this notion of selling through love, care, and respect. It's the only way to show up and sell the right product or service, whatever it is that your offer is, to the right client needing that particular solution. It's always about customizing solutions for the client's real problem or situation. Now, today, my guest, of course, is an expert. His name is Sam King, and Sam has worked in every retail environment from small mom and pop, uh, mom and dad, as he would say, stores to big national corporate change. Now, B2C salespeople hire Sam to double their sales with half the stress in two years or less, and he guarantees that. So please help me welcome my amazing friends and guest Sam to the show. So Sam, thanks for coming on and taking the time to talk to my peeps. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, Connie. It's a pleasure to be around you. Love your energy. And yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. And philosophically, philosophically, Sam and I belong to a community. That's how we just met. It was kind of a random thing. And I think, Sam, philosophically, you and I agree that it's all about the relationship and this element of love, kindness, respect. We have to bring that to that sales conversation. Um, so let's let's start with why do you think, you know, people listen to me know why I think relationships are important. But why yeah. do you think relationships are so important to sales? Well, regardless of it being the best way to sell and you'll sell more of it by selling from the heart and building and strengthening relationships, it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, when I'm walking into a store and people treat me with respect and with love and with faith, I reciprocate, I enjoy that experience, and I'm more more likely to be inclined to recommend that person, uh, refer that person, buy from that person. People like to be around nice people, so let's be one of those people and change the world and do some good in the world. And and it really is about just do the right thing, right? So I think oftentimes what I see 
And it, I don't think it's it's from a place of malice. I just I don't think anybody is mean and they're going out like I'm going to rip you off. I just don't think that's the, or at least the people that I encounter. I don't think that's the mentality. I find my clients and their employees, right, the salespeople, they're so excited that they want to help the client that they go and sometimes they vomit product because it's like, let me tell you everything because I don't want, yeah. I want you to make a good choice. And instead of understanding the client and then saying, Oh, you know what I have for you? And then provide the solution. I think we're just so excited to share what we know or what our offer is that we lose that disconnection. So again, I don't think it's a place of malice. I think it's a place of excitement and we need to kind of park the excitement for a minute right? and really get to know where the customer is. I don't know. Do you find the same thing? Yeah, well, I completely agree. It's having that contained enthusiasm. You've got to be enthusiastic about who you are and what you're selling but it's got to be contained so you portray that in the right way to your customer and client and they can understand what you're saying and trust what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's we put the cart before the horse. We put the solution out there instead of saying, whoa, is my solution correct? And that goes back to my intro. Whoever's in front of me, I never, ever go into a conversation with, with especially my corporate clients. It's like, what is your objective? What is the struggle that you're facing? And then I say, oh, this is what I would recommend. Then I customize it, but I don't go in with a preconceived idea because how do I know until I hear from them what's really going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Only, only they can tell you. We aren't mind readers, so we've got to take that time to get to know them. And what That's they right. Want. And it's time well spent too, right? Under be Stephen Covey's fifth habit. I, I feel like every show I almost say this, but it's seek to understand before being understood. And that's true. And I think that salespeople, because of that excitement, they they just flip the script a little bit. Okay, next thing. I've heard you say salespeople yeah. don't want happy customers. All right, yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean by that, my friend? <laughs> yeah, so it sounds strange. Salespeople don't want happy customers. So Happy customers are a benchmark of what people need to be aiming for, but what they really want are raving fans. So happy customers are happy customers. That's great. But a raving fan will refer you, will um, tell their friends and family about you, they'll actively promote you and your services, and that's what we need to be striving for, that kind of client who is shouting your name from the rooftops. That's that's what we or salespeople need to be aiming for. You know, it's fascinating because, you know, I started my career 40 years ago in the financial service industry. And I remember it was me and 43 men in this, it was in the eighties. So women didn't sell insurance. It just wasn't a thing. And because of my MBA and everything, I, I kind of navigated and went and got my licenses The interesting thing, the men used to mock me on the phone because I'm very animated and I would, I would connect deeply, even with people I didn't know, because I was making cold calls out of phone books and lists that I had had purchased. I think because it was a female voice calling about insurance that people paused to hear what I had to say. I didn't know that at the time, but I was very successful on the phone. Additionally, the men would tease me because I would joke around, right? And I was very much me on the phone. And they were like, look at the little lady over there. And it was so embarrassing at the time, but I thought, keep your nose down, do your job. Within five years, Sam, I was living off of referrals because I did exactly what you said. I went in and I created raving fans because I approached sales 
And, and it, for me, I think it was intuitive that if I can educate them with what they need to know financially, right? Because we're talking finance, that was the container. then they can make a good decision. And is my offer the right one for them? But if I educate them, now I put them in a powerful position of choice. And I think choice is important. And I remember part of that training, it was like, before you leave the client, I met them for the first time, right? Cold call. I come in, I sit with these people in their kitchen table. The rule was back then, again, this was in the eighties, you ask for three referrals, ask them to pull out their address book and give you friends and family. And Sam Every time I'm like, I am not doing that. Not because I was afraid of rejection. I felt it was rude and overstepping and they don't know me. Why would they share a friend and family with me? I haven't even delivered on the insurance, whatever the product was, whether it was life, health, it didn't matter. So for me, once I established that relationship, then I wouldn't even have to ask for referrals. They just started referring me organically. And that the men used to mock me because they'd be like, how, how do you get so many appointments? We, you know, you're hardly ever on the phone. And I'm like, I get referrals. People, people refer me, but that's what you were talking about. They, my clients weren't happy. They were happy. Thank goodness. But they were raving fans. And that within five years, and I was a kid, remember too, I didn't know, I didn't know much because I was new to my career, but I was living off of referrals because of my process, which again, I felt, I think was more intuitive than, than learned, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, you, you practice what you preach, Connie. It's simple as that. And obviously you're very successful and you'll continue to be. And that's, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. I love that. But it, but it works, right, Sam, you're, you're across the world for me here in the United States, but it, yeah. it works through your, through your um, cultural uh, demographics as well. So to yeah. me, isn't, isn't this universal, right? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I say people want to be around people that they can trust. We don't want the aggro of talking and finding somebody who they can't. Advertising, it, it takes so much money and um, effort to advertise and get somebody in on a, from, from a cold point of view when you can mm-hmm. listen to a friend or family who's had first-hand experience, a fantastic experience, I was listening to one of your podcasts and you said 80%, there's a chance for 80% that um, have closing the deal just because somebody else has referred you. And I completely agree, you know, word of mouth is so important and let's leverage that. And more, it's easier now, you know, when I was referred, you know, a hundred years ago, like they had to call me. Can you call my sister? Here's, we didn't have email. We didn't have computers. It was all either snail mail or phone calls. And, you know, so it was a lot of effort for people to refer. Now it's easy. You do an intro email. Hey, Connie, I need you to meet Sam. Sam, I need you to meet Connie. I think you guys could create magic out there, right? So it's so much easier to get referrals now, but you said it, it's word of mouth. I think we spend money on ads and all of this when I feel like the gold mine is the people you already know that love you and trust you and it's word of mouth. So that hasn't changed in 40 years, by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Completely agree. Yeah. Why do you think it's so important that we, you know, salespeople separate ourselves from that, that stereotypical, you know, always be closing mentality. Yeah. I mean, it's like we've just touched on maybe people don't, don't necessarily want to be that stereotypical salesperson, but they do it. Uh, maybe contain enthusiasm, maybe feeling the pressure and mm. maybe can't 
take that pressure as much. And I'm big on you know managing yourself, managing your mindset, managing emotions. And once you can do that, you can portray your message across in an eloquent way, articulate it way that's non-aggressive. Um, it's assertive, but it's non-aggressive, and you've got people's best interests at heart. And when you can step away from uh, your natural tendencies of maybe being over aggressive or uh, maybe passive, then you'll you'll learn to grow and succeed. It's somewhere in the middle, right? It's the pendulum. Extremes aren't good, right? Everything, even health, right? Moderation, everything in moderation. Yeah. It's 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 exactly what we're talking about here. You can't be so aggressive that you're pushy and. You, you, it's almost vile, right? But you can't be passive either because people aren't going to say, oh, Sam, I'm knocking on your door. I've been looking for you. Yeah. People don't know we exist, right? Unless we're referred or, or we do a speaking event and, and they think, oh, she's talking to me or they listen to a podcast. Oh my God, it's like Sam is talking to me. These are the opportunities that we um, promote by just showing up being ourselves and live, I think living and breathing, like you like you said before, being mindful of, yeah. of controlling, right. That excitement that I was saying before that we get out there and we blast the cl- customer. That's not our intent. We're just enthusiastic. So how do we create that container, that mindset, all of those pieces of the puzzle. And, and by the way, it takes practice and work right, to refine all these skills. What do you think makes a great salesperson in your world? Thinking from a mindfulness standpoint, what does that successful salesperson look like? Yeah, I think somebody who can accept people and situations for what what they are instead of overthinking and judging people or judging situations. Um, Selling from the heart and having a genuine interest in other people and what they want. You've got to have that tenacity, you know, that electrifying um, charisma that's going to inspire others. Curiosity, you're wanting to know the why and wanting what's best for that customer and really delving deep into the smaller details, which is going to make the difference. Because as you know, the smaller details, those finer details might be overlooked by other people, but the top 1% will make a point of getting to those, those smaller details and they're the ones that's going to walk away with, with the sale. And curiosity. I love that word because I think if we show up curious about the client and then right my seven steps the first step is show up prepared for goodness sake and that means what are the questions you're going to ask i go in with an agenda i think everybody and here when i say an agenda it doesn't have to be anything crazy formal have a couple of bullet points at the top of the sheet where you're going to take notes or whatever you're going to take notes on just have a couple of bullet points so you don't forget what you want to ask so that you can um stay on course right the other thing you just said is the listening, the active listening for the small details. To me, that's where the real opportunity is. And you're right, nobody else, they're they're going in with an agenda of what they think instead of, again, becoming curious as to what's really going on. This sounds so obvious, but we don't do it. And I, I'm not sure why, but that curiosity is what triggers follow-up questions, which is what you're talking about, which is the active listening piece. So yeah, when you when you talk to your people, how do you get people to turn on that level of curiosity? Because that's where the active listening lies. Yeah, well, they've got to be bothered to. It's, it's as simple as that. You know, you've, you've got to delve deep into that customer's 
experience and why they why they ultimately shop shopping with you if and you've got to earn that, that trust and earn the right to ultimately ask ask for the sale um if you if you don't put in that legwork you haven't earned the right to ask for the sale and once you have you've asked for it and nine times out of ten they'll say yes providing you've put in the work and you have to earn it and i think that's an important piece of the puzzle i have um a, a new, potentially new client and um, I was referred through and somebody else emailed and I was referred and they want to bring my program into their organization. And so I, I emailed them and they said, can, can Connie bring it in house and can she do it at the end of the year? Which of course, yes, yes, I'll do whatever you need me to do. But I responded, I asked the referral person, can I reach out to them directly? So you don't want to ever disrupt or disrespect the person who referred it to you and overstep and take over. Yeah. It, would it be okay? And of course, then I CC'd my contact, the referring piece people. And I reached out and I said, I certainly can do all of the above of your request. I prefer if we meet first, because is this really the program that you need? And maybe it's not. And and I don't want to sell something that might not actually, maybe there's something better was my point. And they were like, oh, that would be wonderful. And now we're, we're in communication where people are saying to me, why didn't you just make the sale? And I was like, no, it, it, it wasn't the right thing to do because if now, if, if this will work for them, at, you know, after we communicate and meet and, and really figure out what culture they're trying to build, then sure. But I, I don't fit, fit that square peg in the round hole because to me, that would have been a disrespectful way to communicate with them, right? Yeah, 100%. Well, that's integrity. That's what it's all about. If it doesn't feel right, be open and transparent about it. And, you know, you've got to live with yourself and live with, uh, that reputation and we've got to we've got to make sure that reputation stays stays integral and, and here's the key too right the the contract maybe it'll be less maybe it'll be more i don't know but to just say oh this is what you want here this is what you need i don't know what they need so to me i felt like there was see that's the curiosity piece that you were mentioning before that's listening to the detail clearly they want some type of sales culture in their organization well where are they on that line of no culture to having a culture the program might not be appropriate maybe i have to tweak it a little bit i don't know so see this that's the curiosity piece that we're talking about it's not like you didn't take that sale are you crazy I hope I get a lifelong client from this, right? That that every time they have a need, they go, oh, let's go to Connie and see what she thinks. That's that raving fan that we're talking about. We have to earn that. And I, I don't think it's just, oh, you're referring me, let me make the sale. I, I think there's a lot more going on with what we're talking about. And, and we want to keep it simple. I don't want to complicate things, but I think people have to look, and I love how you said that, look in the detail. And again, for me, that's that active listening piece. Now, you keep saying, you know, through this interview, regulate your emotions is important, right? And is, I think, very important in sales. Can you share a story or give an example of why you, because you're all about mindfulness and emotional yeah, control? Literally. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm a reactive person. So, quite a sensitive person, very reactive and. Which, which is great because I've got a caring nature and I'm on what's best for people, but it's probably not the best thing to have on a shop floor when you're working in a highly competitive environment, working with other salespeople. So you have got to be mindful of your emotions, uh, where your emotions go. Um, 
and to stay focused and, and channel that focus into your customers and clients and positive interactions rather than rather than negative ones and use use your um use your best traits in in a in a positive way how do you get people to tapping into your own emotions seeing your own emotions a lot of self reflection it's hard yeah, it's massive. it's hard it's hard right the forest from the trees thing how do you get people to first see their emotional charge whatever that is for them then yeah. how to get it under control so that, like you said, become very, use it from a focus standpoint. How, can you share some ideas on how you do that? Yeah, I mean, 100%, you've got to be accountable. So if when you constantly look at yourself and when you can see that maybe you've been triggered or something like that, you ought to think, well, well, why was I triggered? What was it? What, what was said? And when you're accountable enough to think, well, actually, it was me that overstepped the marker. I said something or I instigated that. Then you can change that and learn and maybe do something different next time. Um, yeah, and same as I say, keeping those, uh, your enthusiasm and emotions contained rather than letting them out onto uh, into a, a negative path. Do you see with salespeople, is there a common charge or a common emotional response um rejection or is is have you seen through your travels teaching now right and 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 creating your business are there common themes that folks are showing up with yeah people either try to overcompensate being aggressive or they give up and it's like you said it's it's one or the you've got to find that middle ground between one or the other. You know, you've got to stay accountable and stay self-motivated. But by the other other token, you can't be overly aggressive because all you're going to do is cause a load of damage and wreak a load of havoc in your your way. So you have got to find that middle ground of containing that enthusiasm and using it to propel you forward. And I guarantee, you know, the 80-20 rule, Based on what you're saying, Sam, I bet 80% of the people that are salespeople or sales is a component of their job, right? We, like, like you and I, we're business owners. Sales is a piece of my job, but you know, obviously it's a big piece. So yeah. when we, the, I bet 80% are working in those extremes, either overcompensating. I need these numbers. I have a mortgage. I have to whatever, right? Whatever that is for your job. And then the flip side is, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so, I don't want to be too aggressive. I don't want to be pushy. So they live in that fear or that fear. I I think it's fear in both ends, but that aggressive, right. That aggressive piece is the overcompensating. Um, Everybody listening, if that just resonated with you, what Sam said, that you're, you're, you find that you're in that extreme. And I guarantee eight out of 10 of us are in one of those ends where we feel like we're being pushy or I, I learned that I need to be pushy to make the sale. Right. I, how do you, how do you get, how do you get, because both are fear driven. How do you get people to address that fear? Just controlling your thoughts, not letting your thoughts run away with you. Find, find a method that can ground you. So either affirmations, maybe, lock in um you know like uh, locking in emotion um i mean something i've been doing but i've been training for the past three months so i've locked in i've anchored in an emotion when i rub my two fingers together but but grounds me 
and all kinds of things, just whatever you need to do to get grounded in being that state of acceptance and you're willing to grow, then 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 do it. But again, that's what the best salespeople do. They are willing to do anything that will help them grow in their career and as people. And that's what we all want. We all want to be a better person. So true. I had um, a client. I, I've had a client. I've been working with them like six, seven years. I know the executive for probably 20. And that that's why they brought me in because he knew me. He changed jobs and, and brought me into the new organization. And they hired someone, a new executive to run a division. And so he keeps hearing my name before he met me. And he's like, why are they outsourcing this when we have a training department? And he comes through my training and I didn't know this prior, right? But he comes through my training. And of course I included him. And after I would say anything, I'm like, look, you know what you're building as the new player, the new executive, like chime in. And 90% of the time he's like, nope, you said it all. Nope, you said it all. So I was like, okay, good, good. Feel free, feel free to jump in, you know? And at the end, he stayed after, and it was really very cute, Sam. He comes up to me, and he goes, you know, I kept hearing your name, and I'm thinking, why are they outsourcing this? He said, now sitting through this class, I know why they're outsourcing it. And he says, and here's even more interesting. He said, I came in thinking I'm going to learn sales. He said, you teach sales, but you teach life skills. And I said, but aren't they the same thing? And he said, yes, but I never thought about it that way. And he said, and you do it, you're you're making my employees better humans. And that's going to translate to more sales. Like, wow. So it blew his mind, but it's exactly what you're talking about, right? It's keeping that pendulum in the middle. It's being a good human coming from love, care, and respect. It takes practice. So again, the fear piece of it, Sam, I think what you're doing is so important because we have to fear is real, man. And, and, and don't, don't not feel it and don't say, Oh, I'm stupid and I shouldn't be fear. Fear is real, but how to control it. And I think that's where someone like you with the mindfulness piece is because you have tools to teach people how to go from that extreme, right. To come to that middle ground and honor the fear but move forward in spite of it. And I think yeah. that's an important piece, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. When you're outside your comfort zone, you will be experiencing fear, but that's where growth happens. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to harness it and, and, and roll with it, embrace it. Yeah. It's life. These are great life skills that we're talking about. And, and oh, by the way, for, if you're a leadership leading sales teams, if you can improve, right, your emotional intelligence, listening skills, curiosity, all the things we're talking about, you're going to make better teammate, teammates, right? Your team is going to trans, translate into more sales because they're living and breathing those, you know, quote unquote life skills, which I think is important. Share with everybody, now, you went from working right at these mom and dad, as you, we call a mom and pop in the U.S. Mom and dad. That's why I, re- <laughs> I thought it was cute. So the mom and dad stores that you've worked with. Why did you start your business? Yeah, well, I mean, I would mentor people on a shop floor. And when I mentored them, I mean, I wasn't a sales manager. I was just one of the one of the gang, you know, on a shop floor. And it was just my natural tendency to help them. Um, but it worked. And I'm, they were booking more, they were happy. And I thought, well, I've, I've got something here. I, I know what, what I do is good and I can see it working. So I just thought, let's do it, you know. Um, I know I've always wanted my own business. I actually thought I'd open my own furniture store, but I just had a brainwave that this is what I was going to do. And, yeah, just rolled with it, kind of never looked back. Yeah, loving every minute. 
Yeah. And see here again, anybody that's thinking about becoming a small business owner, it's not for the faint of heart. I say that often, Sam, but you did it smart, right? You tried your, you thought, wait, I'm on to something. I have a job. I have an income. Let me try yeah. it out here, right? I have real live specimens that I could put in my Petri dish, if you will. And I can really try to help. And by the way, it helps the organization you're working for. It helps you as being part of the team. Um, very, very smart that you kind of rinsed and repeated it before you took it on the road, if you will, and, and yeah. open a business, which I think is really, really smart. Um, we're out of time. Any last words of wisdom or tips or ideas that you want to leave the listeners with? And then I'll, I'll give how to reach you, et cetera. Um, yeah, just, just sell from the heart. If you've genuinely got your best, your client's best interests at heart and you care about them, you will win every single time. Um, take the time to get to know them. Take the time to understand their why. Even if you've got a store full of busy customers, just take your time and make that customer feel valued. It doesn't matter that you've got a busy store. You know, take that one-on-one time and make it their time. They'll appreciate it. More than likely, you'll, you'll get the sale. You'll get referrals off, off of that. Um, but you just strengthening relationships. And that's, that's all what it's about. Just being a good, a good person. And the other key thing you just said here takes time. It's, it's not a slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. You know, maybe it is two meetings that depending on, on what you're selling, you know, maybe people do have to think about, give them options and say, listen, let's pause, put a, put a pin in it, go and think about it, come back and sit in the furniture, whatever it is that we're selling and give it takes time. It's, I think we're always rushing to that finish line. And I think that's dangerous when we talk about sales, because when I find with my clients, Sam, and I bet you do too, when we're running to the finish line to make that sale, we're leaving money on the table. The sale could have been bigger or the sale initially would be smaller, but then you become a planning partner with them that over that year, the income you could potentially make, you're serving them better, giving the client what they exactly need, and you end up making more money. So I feel like when we rush, we're, we're just leaving, we're leaving a wake behind us and we're leaving money behind. And, and we're not, at the end of the day, we're not serving the client the way they really deserve to be served. And I, I, I think that's such an important component, what you just said. It takes time. Breathe, man, because it, we're, it's not a race. It's really not a race, right? The journey is where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah, massive. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, if you need more Sam in your life, which I think you do, he's in mine. I've already got him. So he's in my community. But email him if you have any questions about anything we spoke about. Email him at sam at from fear to mindful.com. And if you want to go to his website and check out some of the cool things he has there, it's from fear to mindful.com. Both will be in the show notes and he has a free gift. I'll put that show. It's a, it's a interesting uh, link, but I'll put it in the show notes and you'll see it says changing the sales game. Just, can you tell everybody what the free gift is, um, Sam? Yeah, so it's 13 tools to double your sales with half the stress. So if you implement these 13 tools, you'll double your sales in two years, guaranteed. Um, Yeah, and it's free. So go for it, guys. Make the most of it.
And and my last thing I want to say, it's 13 things to implement. And within two years, you can double your income. So everybody's going, two years? I want it tomorrow. That's not how it works, okay? We're talking about changing behavior. Behaviors drive numbers. So as you implement these 13 little strategies and really don't just go, I'm going to do all 13. Just try one at a time, implement, rinse and repeat, and then add the next one and stack them. And I guarantee within that two years, that's why Sam has that guarantee because he knows it works. But don't think I'm going to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Really put the time and the effort. And I guarantee that Sam's um, criteria will work for you. I look, I downloaded the 13 uh, tips as well. They're real. They work. You have to put the, it's like anything else, put the effort in and trust me, the magic, the ripple effect of results will happen. So thank you so much for sharing those tools with, uh, with my peep, Sam. I really appreciate that. No, thank you. It's a pleasure. And it's a pleasure to be, be on the show. I'm, yeah. I love your energy. Thank you. Uh, I love you, kiddo. It's, I'm just so happy we met by chance, but I'm just so happy yeah. we met. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together, no matter where you are in changing your sales game. I truly hope my guests and I that our conversation, the tools like the 13 tools that uh, Sam is providing, our stories, our ideas, our concepts. I really hope they motivate and inspire you to make the changes needed in your behavior to drive the numbers on the back end. Right. We all should be thriving, not just surviving. And I hope my guests and I provide that for you. And Sam, I say this every show I know. It's like, cut, you're a broken record. Well, too bad. You're going to hear me say it anyway. Information, listening to the show is a beautiful thing. And information is wonderful to learn and keep on learning. Everybody needs to keep on learning. Take the 13 tools, start to implement them. That's where the reaction happens. Not just listening to information. It's applying it into your real life and your real strategies. So please do the download. Do put the effort in. Change is, change is easier than you think. We just have to put the time in. So Sam, thank you again for being on. Thank you all for joining us. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.com. I truly wish you an inspired week filled with change that you're choosing to implement. Notice the words I'm choosing here because I want you to have magic in your life and I want you to make more money so that you can serve bigger, love bigger, and just show up bigger. I love you all. I'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks a million. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.